and they couldn't really receive all of her gifts. So I'm on kind of on this Gulliver kick lately. You know how Gulliver was in the land of the Lilliputians and then they tied him down? Well, no individual Lilliputian could see all of Gulliver. They're all like, I just see this little tiny piece. Well, she was surrounded by clients who were too small for her. And it isn't, it's not insulting them. It's just that what she does, they don't have the capacity to receive it. It's like, a Ferrari when they needed a Honda. So she's she worked with these really small clients, but what she does, she has this crazy world-changing methodology that she'd written about in one book. She's since written two other books about it. You're listening to Empowered Podcast with Patrick McGuire as he has empowered conversations with great people doing great things and helping others. Join us at empoweredpodcast.ca. Hey friends, it's Patrick McGuire here with Empowered Podcast, where I have empowered conversations with great people doing great things to empower others. Conversations like the one I'm about to have, the one that I've recently had, the one I had just a few minutes ago with an awesome lady doing some pretty awesome stuff, making a difference in many people's lives. It's, it's just empowering to have these conversations and to build new friendships. And we were just saying that, hey, it'd be great if we were hanging out together, if we were close together, we could instantly be friends. And I hope that today in this conversation, you're going to want to be Samantha's friend and know that she can help you in your business. Now, there's a very niche target audience that she's going to talk to and we're going to talk to talk about, but we're both entrepreneurs. We're both entrepreneurial spirits. We both have crazy energy going. And what I'm going to say is that one of the things you want to check out is her website, but we're going to talk about that a little later on. Now, Samantha, I'm going to bring you on screen here in just a moment, but I think I just lost your camera. But that being said, this is a great opportunity for me to introduce Samantha. So Samantha works with consultants who are ready to break through the plateau and multiply their revenues. Samantha helps them multiply their revenues without exhaustion, without fatiguing, without wiping you out. We've all been there as entrepreneurs by working with perfect clients on transformational engagements so that they can have profitable, joyful consultancies. So she's got a very specific niche, folks. If you're a guy, pay attention. If you're a girl, pay attention because this is going to help all of us get better. It's not unusual for Samantha's clients to add 150,000, 600,000 in their first year working with her. Other results that she has are crossing the line, the million dollar mark, turning $22,000 offer and a $200,000 engagement, adding 400K to a contract in just 24 hours or less. These are crazy things. Samantha's sought after guest and also the host of a podcast like me. So we like to have fun and we like to talk. And the podcast is Profitable Joyful Consulting. And she's got a really cool Facebook group to go with it and support it. Samantha, thank you so much for joining me. And I know I'm rambling, but truthfully, you've done so much. You've done great stuff. You continue to help people. And those are things that are empowered. And that's why I love this conversation. Thanks for joining me today, Samantha. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And I told you like empower is not just my brand verb. I mean, that's the center of everything I do. I think it's like what I came to the planet to do. It's such such an important word for me. I love it. That is, we talked about it. I mean, it's something I did a long time ago, empowered this, empowered that and believe in it strongly. And I think, like you said, we're put on this planet to empower others. It's not just about me or you. It's about who can you help? That's a big deal. So, I mean, We've had a bit of a chat. You're in Martha's Vineyard. Pretty cool place, to be honest. Yeah. What's it like there right now? I'm just curious because I'm probably jealous. 
it's a very quiet, it's full, just beautiful. Most of the tourists have gone and we have the island back to ourselves. And so it's really, you know, it's very small town life right here now. So nice and quiet. I like that quiet part. And you can focus on work and not the distractions. Well, what's really nice is I'm not, I'm never less than six minutes away from a beach. And so I can just go uh, with my dogs anytime and just walk on these pretty much empty beaches. My husband and I were on one of them one time and we said, in order to be able to have a beach access to a beach like this, you usually have to have a key to it. In order to have a key, you have to have like a million dollar home. And so you pay for access to the beach. So we've been, we've had beaches to ourselves many times. Wow. That is pretty awesome. I mean, and it's so grounding and it just, uh, yes, I'm into that. Very. Putting your feet in the <laughs> sand with no shoes, standing in the water, all those negative ions, which by the way, folks, oh, that's positive. It's good for you. The positive ones are the bad ones. It just, <laughs> negative ions are positive for it. Yeah. Nothing yeah. better than just getting grounded and relaxing and how you feel. So you must all the time feel empowered. <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you, we didn't always live here. And when the first time I came to visit, I just, when we were here, I just felt my blood pressure like lowering. And I'm not a high blood pressure person, but you know what I mean? How you just, over a few hours or a few days, I would just start to chill out. And I thought, you know, we should spend more and more time here. And so we did, we would come for like, we went from coming for like a week in the summertime to like two weeks to six weeks and just longer and longer. And then we moved here in 2013. And my real concern was that I didn't want to bring my workaholic habits here. And so it was the time when I was really learning how to make work occupy less of my life, which is one of the things when I talk about helping my clients grow without exhaustion, that's one of the ways that I do it is helping them to minimize the amount that they need to work by working smarter and not harder. And so when we came here, I just was like, I need it to be like, I need it to remain a, a place of peace. So that doesn't mean that I don't get lurch back into that overwork habit sometimes that when I do I can just go walk some there's these wonderful wooded trails here so I do a lot of trail walking and hiking and then beach time and it's just relaxes you yeah absolutely and I know exactly what you mean I mean we are um I will say I'm gonna say it for me and maybe it's you too but diseased entrepreneurs I am one and yeah I say that with jest and I say it in a good way like diseased is yeah it's just a mindset. It's not a bad thing. Not always, but it's just, it's always in us and bringing that work and that work ethic that you have. Yeah. I could see if it shows up on the Island, you could just be just changing locations. It could be a corporate office, downtown Atlanta or Toronto or something, or it could be your home office. And you've been able to find a nice work live balance. You've been able to help a lot of people from where you are, and you're probably doing a better job because of your environment. Yeah, I think I am. I think it really helped me to, well, I can certainly model not having to overwork better from where I am. Another one of the things that I talk to my clients about is that corporate consultants, they very often, they feel pre-pandemic, they felt compelled to be on site with their clients a lot. And so I was really modeling how remote work before we were doing remote work and also remote consulting, like the fact that you can actually work with your clients and you don't need to be on site all the time. And it's, I think it's a disadvantage when you're on site all the time. So there's this kind of cute thing that they do sometimes when you're a management consultant that you come in and they're like, 
hey, we gave you like a little office or we created this little cubicle for you here while you're so while you're here for the week and you being on site, you gradually lose that cachet of the objective outsider. You gradually become a girl like the rest of us. And so it's, it seems like it's like a sweet and inclusive thing, but it isn't always. And so I what I talk to my clients about is something called strategic presence which means use your presence with your clients strategically. Be there at the times you do need to be there and don't be there at times where you're like, I'm just working on my work or I'm just, you know, you're just having your work day. What is it? Automaton, right? You're just hammering the keyboard or a chimpanzee hammering the keyboard. Like one of us, like one of everybody else there. So you need to be on site for, you should be like doing your, you have to do like, interviews, a lot of my clients will do assessments. And so if you're doing like interviews on site, or if you're like watching like the warehouse or the distribution center or something, like when you're on site and observing the meetings or something, that's great. And I say this because post pandemic, like there's a little bit of a move towards, okay, let's go back to doing that. And I'm like, no, maintain the objectivity that you have of strategic presence. So I do that by I'm working remotely for 10 years that I've lived here. I've been working remotely. So I'm able to say, walk my own talk and say, I'm not doing that. I'm not on site with my clients all the time. And so you can see that it's effective for me and it can be effective for you too. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's really funny because I went through that a long time ago. In about 2010, we launched an HR. You know, we did almost everything remote. And in 23 months, we had 200 signed clients. These are enterprise. These are from 30 employees to 3000 employees in HR. Obviously you get all the employees in the system, but we did almost 178 of them were live before acquisition in 23 months. And we did almost everything remote. And uh, we used a go-to meeting and go-to webinar, which I'm not even sure they're really around. (laughs) I'm old. Thanks a lot. Um, oh, yeah, I was like, hey, remember, what did we use before Zoom? Oh, there was something. Yeah, remember GoTo webinar? GoTo- oh my gosh. Yes, yeah. I do. And then we ended up being the executive leadership for the new company that acquired us, big company, Financial Force. Monster is number two on the Salesforce uh-huh. platform. But but they automatically yeah, said, oh, by the way, you need to travel to San Francisco once or twice a month. And we're going to send you to uh-huh. England and send you to South Africa, send, send you to France. We're going to send you. They just why? Because we're pitching a client and we need you. I'm like, yeah. how does this make any sense? Like we just spent $7,000 on me and 7,000 on the other four or five people that would go to do a live demo. Yeah. Just didn't make sense. They couldn't figure out how we closed. We actually closed so much more business than a team of 120 people could close in one year. Yeah. And, and now, like you said, it's become normal to meet like this, like a podcast yeah. and yeah. just let's talk about business. How can I help you? What do you want? What do you need? How can we fix that? And that's really it is. It's funny that you're in the sort of the helping consultant space because I believed in 2010, it wasn't very popular, but now it's a coined phrase, which is the consultative sales. Yeah. And that's that's what we did. And what's your biggest problem? Let's work on that. Well, I want to see your whole HR platform plus 15 functional areas, right? I'm not doing that in an hour. I could. Right. My record is three minutes and 27 seconds. It was for a special speed demo contest, but it's like, What's the number one problem you have? Number two, number three, and let's just do that and let's figure it out. I think that's the approach you take when you go into a client in person or online and, you know, let's figure out how we can actually get immediate results. And I mean, your numbers, (laughs) helping someone go from a 22K to 200 to 400,000, it's not because you just guessed. There's methodology behind things. Absolutely. A few years of experience. I'm going to ask that. All right. So 
Who's your ideal client that you love to work with? Ideal a client is somebody who's a management consultant and they would have a title like leadership consultant, human resources, HR consultant, HR people development. They love some field like that. I have clients who are working in DEI consulting and then the whole there's a whole series of people who do something fractional. So fractional CMO, CTO, CHRO, all of the C-level fractional jobs. Aren't they fun? And any of us can be one at any time. So it, it's actually, and that's kind of one of the, the interesting transformations that I'll do is I had a gal come to me and she's a copywriter. And I'm like, but you're so much smarter than just writing this copy. Not that copywriters aren't smart, believe me, they're geniuses. But I was like, she's kind of more strategic and had broader knowledge. And I was like, I think you might be more of a fractional marketing department for your clients. And she was like, and then suddenly she's one of the ones who's doubled her business this year with me. When you start positioning yourself from just like, I'm going to write this stuff for you, which again, super valuable skill. But in her situation, she's able to do so much more for her clients. Also, what I love is she's working in nonprofits, which everybody thinks don't have any money. Not true. Doing transformational engagements for them. So I teach something called transformational engagements, which uh, so the ideal client who comes to me is a consultant doing 150, 200 ish. A lot of times I'll get stuck there. And then they're like, I'm, wor well, I'm working as hard as I can possibly be working. And I don't understand how I can grow. So that's my that's like ideal for me because I do know how they can grow. They can work less with fewer clients. They can charge much more money with a little bit of positioning and messaging and a little bit of a framework about how they can do things differently. So in her situation, we took what she was doing, we repositioned it, and then we went to clients and said, instead of me writing this, just these few things for you, let's talk about your overall goals for the year and how I can plug into and help you achieve those goals, bigger picture. And I'll go ahead and do the work that I was going to do, but then it's plugged into this larger thing. And you're also going to do these things you, the client are, and then I'm going to do these things for these additional things. And then we'll talk more about the business results rather than just like the deliverables that I was doing. And when you start to talk to even these are nonprofit organizations about the outcomes of the organization, they're also revenue generating. Now that revenue is donation, but which I think is the hardest kind of revenue to generate. I mean, you're having somebody give you something for basically nothing except for a good feeling. This is what's compelling to me about working with nonprofits. How do you get somebody to give you tons of money for a good feeling instead of like a something or an ROI? Now, you and I, in your form, we talked about charities and I'm like, all my spare money I'm giving to animal charities. So why do I do that? If I could put that money somewhere else and generate ROI on it, why do I do it with the animal charities? Well, because it's my heart, my passion and all those things. So that's, I love plugging into that messaging. So in her situation, when she did that with this, with one of her clients, she's got, I think, three clients, but a, a few number of clients that we're able to work with for, and I like for people to charge over a hundred thousand a year. So you work with clients a year, you charge them over a hundred thousand. Why that number? Because if you're generating 200, 300,000 or more in value, you need to be charging a percentage of that. And consulting is different than internet marketing. Internet marketing is spoiled all this Patrick, because everybody's, oh, you need to get like a 10 times return, 10x, 10x or 100x or a million x. It's, it gets ridiculous. I'm like, no, you know what? If I give you a dollar and you give me two dollars, I'm happy. If I give you a dollar and you give me three dollars, I'm even more happy. So what's what really do we need to see as an ROI? This is the other thing is because it's like this is we're going to double in the first year, but you've learned something. And so you're going to double every year after that forever. Or you maybe won't double, but you'll grow based on the things that we've talked about. So anyway, that's the, some of the ways that I teach my clients to do what I call value based pricing is hooking into what's the value that we can bring the client and what's the portion of it you'll take for yourself. I think that's pretty awesome. So we got the ideal client. 
We got the idea of passion projects. We'll talk about that in just a minute. We've got the idea of how we double our revenue, not just this year, but every year, because a lot of people get sort of comfortable at the new double and they sit there yeah. and making sure you're pricing right. So that's some pretty key points. Now I'm going to call something out. So Samantha and I had a call uh -huh. just a couple of days ago. And, and uh, for anyone listening, not only does she like to give and help animal shelters and animals, we found <laughs> out very close to my heart, shockingly, that her and her husband also, like me, for those that know me, loved my blue Weimaraner. And she says, I've got a blue Weimaraner. Boom. Mic drop. Like, I was just like, my eyes open wide. I'm so excited. I'm like, oh, that's great. And she's got a, a do another dog and a cat too. So she does love animals. And I think animals ground us as crazy entrepreneurs, help calm totally. us down, look in their eyes, get some oxytocin. Yeah. yeah sorry, folks. Yeah, I got that's me. They also expose us as you can't be a fake person if you have animals around because animals will call you out. So it's I'm sorry, I have to take a break and pick up this poop or well, the cat is always on the wrong side of the door. So I'll be in business meetings. I'll be like, I'm, I'm sorry, my, my cat will make an appearance. The cats come into the Zooms all the time or I'm sorry, I have to get up. Dog wants to be in the other room or the dog wants to be in this room or his her blanket fell down or something. These are the ways that we can dote on animals. I always say we can spoil them because they won't grow up and be serial killers. So you can't, you have to, you have to parent children specifically, but kid, wait, but, um, wait there, there are a couple dogs that do have the wrong owners for the wrong breeds that do get a little aggressive. <laughs> they do. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. I have, uh, my other dog is a Staffordshire Terrier. So Super we have cool. big dogs with big personalities. So we really do have to have a little bit of leadership in the home. Yeah. It's funny when you say that you're, you're walking down the street, let's say, and you got your Weimaraner with you and you're like, this is my little one. Uh -huh. You know, like what? You're, what else do you got? Well, I got a Staffy. So yes. folks. Short-haired sporting and hunting dogs. Those are the ones that we're talking about. They're fun. They're awesome. But just like those animals and with mm -hmm. like kids, we got to nurture them to go on the right path. And just like your clients. So give me an idea. Like one of the things that mentioned in some of the bios that we talked about went through was how to add a hundred to 600K in your business with a single offer. I mean, that's a yeah. bold statement. And I love it, by the way. And I love bold numbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Numbers don't lie. People do. So so how do we go about doing that for like, we're talking about empowering people today. We're talking about empowering this one specific folks is in the marketing yeah. and sales category. It's in the consultative category. And how does somebody go about doing that? Or how do you help them do that? Because I know you're not going to do it for them. They have to do things. No, no. but that's huge. What do we do? Uh, so we, it can't just be techniques. It also has to be mindset. So one of my clients, the one who added 600 in a year. So when she came to me, she had done, she'd been in business for just over a year. She'd had three clients and she had done about 150. Uh, so that's, as I was describing earlier, just perfect for me, just right. So she had come out of mid-sized manufacturing, which is $50 million companies. And the first people who were kind of available and who were working with her were smaller businesses that she kind of more knew socially or casually. Comfy um, too. There's not a lot of risk when you go to the smaller fish. Exactly. And they couldn't really receive all of her gifts. So I'm on, kind of on this Gulliver kick lately. You know how Gulliver was in the land of the Lilliputians and then they tied him down? Well, no individual Lilliputian could see all of Gulliver. They're all like, I just see this little tiny piece. Well, she was surrounded by clients who were too small for her. And it isn't, it's not insulting them. It's just that what she does, they don't have the capacity to receive it. It's like, a Ferrari when they needed a Honda. So she's she worked with these really small clients, but what she does, she has this crazy world-changing methodology that she'd written about in one book. She's since written two other books about it. But well, really, wait, I'm going to stop um, you. Uh, I'm going to cut you yeah. off. I don't like doing this, but yes, let's call her out by name and let's drop her books. Like, do it. Oh, totally. 
fabulous. Her name, so her name is Cheryl Jekyll. She's the she was she's known as the mother of lean HR, lean human resources. And I have her book around here somewhere, but she's amazing. She's one of my clients that I like. I love the internal workings of companies. Why? Because I was miserable in corporate. And when I left, I wanted to change. I wanted through my work to change things for people who work at companies. And so she is doing that. She's doing these human resources things where she's she works with companies that really care about their people, which already is like cuts the cuts the number of them down like that. So what we, what we did was we found for her companies that were of the right size. And she's been on my podcast to talk about this process. But for a few months of working together, I was helping her by our, my team was doing her marketing for her. And she had this little program that she was selling and she was really committed to the program. So I didn't want her to not sell it. But I was like, you really need to focus on something bigger. So that little program was like $1,000 a year. And what I was wanting her to sell, as you've heard, are these $100,000 engagements. And she was like, I don't secretly what she revealed to me later was secretly she felt like, but I don't know how to sell. And I was like, you totally know how to sell. So we worked together for five months and she wasn't growing. And I said, here's the deal. I'm going to cut off all your marketing. and We're not going to do anything for you until you sell one of these major contracts. And she was like, I don't know how, I don't know how, I don't know. I was like, you totally know how. And I worked with her on how, but you know, again, it was like, she hadn't done it. And so she was like, so she went to this conference where it's like her world. And she's like queen in that world. And people were coming up to her and what is going on with you? And she would tell them what she was excited about. And y'all, when we market, this is what it needs to feel like. It's not, hey, I'm pushing my new thing. It's, you know what I'm excited about right now? I'm super. So she had a new program that she was doing. She had a new way of thinking about her work, which was the thing that I had taught her about how to do this transformational engagement. Like you don't just go and do like a one-off. You don't do like a six-week thing or a workshop or a three-month thing. Go work with a company for a year and change their world sustainably. Can you get a quick result in a workshop? Sure. But the way to get sustainable change begins in year-long increments, right? It takes a year to get sustainable change. So once she's, so she went to this conference, she was like super excited about it. She came away from it. She had $200,000 already. Over the course of that year, she had $600,000 in new business. Just from evangelizing and being excited about what she was doing, there wasn't any, any of what do I need to do to get you into this car? It was all of like, uh, I'm excited about this. And they were like, well, come and talk to us about how that would work for us. And so that's how real, this is why I love sales so much. I love selling and I love sales because it's just tell me what your dream is. What are you excited about? What's the thing that you want to have happen in your business? And then you figure out how you, we, to how we can empower them to make that happen. So over the course of that year, she added 600. So she ended up doing 750 that year. And now what, what she'll talk about is that she's doing million dollar engagements. They're not, they're three years long, but they're million dollar. They add up to millions of dollars over it. And the impact that she's making is unreal. So she's such a thought leader in her space. So you can hear that I'm excited about her because the ideas, Patrick, they're so simple. They're like, you should treat people with respect. People can lead themselves if you teach them how to do it. She's she's pioneering these for me. They're new ideas to me. I've always heard, well, you know, if this is the hierarchy, I'm holding up a pyramid. If you're, this is the hierarchy, flip the pyramid on its head and then you have self-led teams. And I'm like, really? I don't know about that. And then she'll explain how you do it. And I'm like, this is amazing. It's crazy. It's so, it's, uh, it really, it brings people, individuals and companies have meaning in their work when you do that. And I feel like, it's, it's more people to feel meaning that. about their work. Yeah. It's funny you say that because actually I had a different sales approach style myself when I was doing 
And funny you mentioned Cheryl. And first of all, Cheryl, I get to give you a shout out. There's two words that I want to say. I want to say, Cheryl, you're a beast. And then the second one is you are <laughs> empowered. What a woman. So I wish back in 2010, I had Cheryl at my side when I was building an HR tech company because man, it would have been awesome. But the lean mentality was yeah. just getting started then. So it might not yep. have aligned, but that's super cool. I'm glad she's connected with you and grown like crazy. And she's found a real true passion and calling. I'm, I always say, find your passion and you won't have to work ever. Yeah. But the other thing that I would say is that there was a joke. And when we got acquired from our HR tech company, so it's funny that we didn't even, folks, we did not frame this up, by the way. I had no idea that Cheryl was an HR lady. Didn't even know her name, <laughs> but we were HR tech. And when we got acquired, yeah. one of the jokes from, obviously I had to sort of relinquish my VP sales role to the VP of the company that acquired us. But one of the jokes was that if they need to do this and that, then you go do this and fill in this gap and answer these questions. And if they need a hug, send them to Patrick. But that's the approach that I took. HR was so yeah. neglected and people didn't care what they had to say. They're like, do you own your budget? How much is your budget? Great. How many people do you have? Great. Oh, do you need this and that? And we're like, well, what's your real problem? And funny enough, just like Cheryl, I would go to events. I'd be passionate. We'd have CAB. So CAB for us was a yeah. customer advisory board. But CAB for us actually meant oh, okay. something the very Cabernet. Great. That's what it meant to me. I rarely drink, but we We're made sure. We're the same way Patrick. <laughs> yeah. We made sure that we brought all of our great customers and our future customers together in a CAB event, a customer advisory board that told us what features they wanted throughout the year. But at this event, it was CAB Merlot. And wine and dine, hang out, yeah. have fun. And you could see me walking up to people that I've never seen and we've only met online and they would literally walk up and give me a big hug or I'd give them a big hug. And that was business to me. And I'm so glad that Cheryl has found that thing that she's passionate about that she can flip the model upside down, but explain it so everybody can really embrace it. And obviously it's really awesome that you were able to either stumble into that or sort of slowly coax her into it and strategically get her there. But it's awesome that you've been able to do that with her. And again, it's your passion and I can hear it in your voice talking about Cheryl. So I know Cheryl's not your only client, but that's just a totally. really awesome story. Well, I was about to say, yeah. I mean, doubling is one of the things. She just has a wonderful tra tra trajectory in that, but she's not the only one, one of my clients who's doubled. And a lot of them, if they come to me with really ready to grow, then it's, I mean, it's not easy to grow, but it's simple. To, it's simple to double your business if you do a few things differently. My other clients are in IT tech and IT is just one of these, this word classically, everybody builds by the hour and they were really trapped in an hourly model. And I said, we, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. We don't build by the hour. And they were like, well, how are we going to do that? And so what we did, these are company out of Indiana that I've worked with also for three or four years, I think. And they, we just, we created packages and they were like, we sell these packages and here's how it works. And one of them was a $480,000 package. And they went and sold one of them two days. We did a VIP day where we assembled these packages and then they went and sold one. They sold a 480 and then a couple of 240s right after that. So when you put, you take hourly work and you combine it into packages and then you present that to the client. And so they'd have clients who were like, they thought clients were going to be like, no, what's, how many hours is that? And they were like, that's not how we work. It's just what I taught them to say. That's not how we work. And so clients were like, okay. So when you say that's not how we work, clients have two choices. They can go work with somebody else. They can, well, I guess they have three choices. They can do it themselves or do nothing, or they can work with you and accept it. And they were like, yes, well, here's the deal is we want the outcome. 
So people who are trapped in hourly professions may feel like we can't do it any other way. It's not true. Just teach people how to work with you. Just like we teach people how to treat us, you can teach them how to work with you. When they come to you and they're like, I want what you do, or we go to them and we're like, hey, what's broken? Yeah, well, we can do that. And they go, cool, I want that. How's it work? And you tell them how it works. And here's how you pay for it. And they're like, it's well, so how come true. it's not $125 an hour? Because that's not how we work. Yeah, it's so true. We, I, I'm working with one group that's kind of doing that. Get Gameface, Gameface.com, or GetGameFace.com, I should say. But Gameface mm -hmm. is a video collaboration tool for sports. And it's just really interesting because we've engaged different groups. And we've got some groups that are based on hours and some groups that are based on packages. And quite honestly, I think the way you do and in that regard is, I don't care how many hours it takes. I don't care how many people you put on this project. Here's the time frame I want it done. Can you do that? And they're like, well, yeah, but I got to have this more people and I got to have this many hours. And I'm like, can it be done? And they just show up and say, just price it. we can do it. And this is what it's going to cost you. So whether it takes yeah. three months or six months or one month, we know yeah. it's going to be $150,000, $200,000, whatever. But now, okay, yeah. how tight can we make it? Do you need the $200,000 today or in six months from now? Yeah. I need the product as soon as possible. You tell me when and how much. I love your mentality with that. You probably changed their entire business dramatically. It Well, that, they doubled. So there you they go. crossed the million dollar mark. So that was really good. And that's a big, across the million dollar mark, doubling to cross the million dollar mark is a lot. So, and then after the next hurdle is kind of like integrating and metabolizing that growth, which is if someone has not doubled their business before, like there's a lot that goes like on under the hood that you kind of need to handle when that happens. But so it's a good thing, but there's, then there's a lot of stuff to work on, which is another reason why I work more broadly than just sales and marketing. Cause when you metabolize that kind of change, you have to look at systems and again, mindset and uh, team and all, there's a bunch of ancillary things that happen when you double your business so that you can then continue to grow the business on top of that. So that's, uh, this is one of the reasons I work with my clients for a long time, but I wanted to address another thing that you were saying, if uh, it doesn't matter how much it is, I just want it, if I just want it right now. Sometimes when I say that we work with people for a year because that's how long it takes to get lasting change, they're like, well, that's a year is too long to get a result. I'm like, no, 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 no. You get quick wins. One of the things I really focus with my clients on is get in there and get wins as fast as you can because what we're teaching people is how to change habits and how to sustain it. And from fitness and all the stuff that we've talked about that you have to see wins. I can't be on a weight loss thing and be like I, the first weight I notice myself lose when we're the first, the first muscles, I results I feel from doing squats or something I experience six months out. You got to have quick wins when you're doing anything with people or else they start to get depressed. So get in there, get quick wins and then sustain those wins. That's this is the metabolizing the change I'm talking about. Sustain those wins as we go on. So you get quick wins in the first 30 days, 60 days, whatever you would normally get. But see, normally we would then leave and be like, all right, y'all take it from here. But the truth is they can't sustain. Good luck. But we have to be there because then they're like, okay, glad that's over. Now I've got to get back to my regular work. And it's like, no, 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 no. Now we have to keep selling the $480,000 package. And that's hard. People want to do a diet and then they want to go, okay, now I've hit my goal weight. I want to go back to eating the crap I was eating before. When can I get back to eating the way I ate before or like my fitness routine? Okay. So when can I just go back to not having to get up and do this every day? You're, no, you're making me this think into of my your life. bodybuilding mentality days where I'd blow up the I would train and get as big as I could and I hit 263 and I was like 22% fat and it's okay, we're doing a contest in 16 weeks and you go down to 204 and go on stage and then the day after you've gained 22 pounds from sodium and pizza and water retention. Yep. And yep. now I think a little differently, I keep it a little tighter, but I mean, 
I go up to, I'm a big boy. Let's be honest. I'm a little pudgy. I'm Irish. I look at a potato, I get fat. The Canadian in me looks at maple syrup and thinks it's like water. But yum, yum. You know, it's funny because you're right. Whether it's business or sport or otherwise, you do something long enough and it's that story of forming habits. And like you said, sustainable change. Yeah, yeah you yeah. got a plan for a year, but you, you break it down into chunks. You get a couple quick wins and then you keep getting those wins and then they become normal for them. And like you said, sustainable habits. Love that terminology, actually. It's, it's really sustainable habits, but it's sustainable yeah. results. And that's what creates totally. And I mean, I'm I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with the topic. That's why in James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, when he talks, that's a compilation of a bunch of other books that he read. And I'd also read there's a book called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. There's a book called Tiny Habits by the Stanford professor who was the originator of the Atomic Habits concept. But it's all about like the ideas of forming habit and just keeping it simple and just doing one thing at a time and then habit stacking, which is if you're going to do a new thing, then what, how are you going to combine that? So my husband and I just started taking an MSM and we're like, it's a twice a day thing. And so we're like, crap, well, how do we fit this? I'm like, well, we'll take it in the morning with our usual group, little group of supplements. And we take our like vitamin D and K2 and all the th things we take. And then I'm like, I have a, I'm taking a collagen thing at night. What are you taking? He's like, I'll take this. I'm just like, so that's how we integrate it with our existing habits. That's how we'll remember to take it. So you do habit stacking. Now, when I go and work with my clients, I'm doing the exact same thing because I'm trying to get them to, okay, so now you're going to create video content or now you're going to hold your meetings this way or now you're going to, in your uh, meetings with clients, you're going to use this kind of an outline for your discovery call. So I'm asking them to weave new things into their life. And if you don't weave it into their life, if it exists as like this side project and never gets woven into their life, then it won't sustain. And that's why I say I'm, I cannot consume enough content. I cannot read enough stuff about how to do that because I'm obsessed with how do I help my clients get better results and how do I help them get their um, clients better results? So how do we create behavior change in adults. How does that happen? So that's the thing that I'm listening for because without that piece, we don't get results for our clients and right. nothing ever changes. So you're saying we can't beat adults over the head with a baseball bat till they get it? That's not empowerment. I, I'm also assuming that Cheryl <laughs> is cringing right now that we said that in the HR category. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, she's she's going into organizations where that's what they're. This is it's the carrot and stick thing. And one of the one of the coolest concepts that came to me from her, and, and I haven't seen other people talk about it, is the idea of people want it. Bosses are like, I need to hold people accountable, but I don't know how to do that unless I'm mean. So she's teaching accountability without meanness. Like, imagine that. And as a parent, like, how do you get your, how do you hold your kids accountable without being mean? And is it insulting that I brought up kids of, around employees? And I'll talk a lot about dog training with employees and stuff like that. But it, it's all, if we don't be insulted by it, it's all of a piece. How do we, uh, um, can you, it's like positive rewards training. Can you train animals with just positive stuff? Can you train kids with only like positivity and encouragement? Well, at the end of the day, you need to have consequences. So, but there can be consequences without meanness, right? I was just picturing you going into an environment in an office with a whole bunch of people and you and I both having, I yeah. had, and you have a blue Weimaraner. We know how to train those guys. The and they're, little, they're a little scattered. And I just picture you with one of those little natural organic treats, calling them over from the office to come to you. And you're like, great job. Here you go. Great job. Here you go. So that just went through my head. I apologize. Squirrel. It's a good image. 
He's really big, just so you know. He's, I mean, he's not 100 pounds, but he's 75 pounds, but he reads as like a 100 pound boy. So yeah, he's big yeah. and goofy. So they would love him. Yeah. European Weimaraner. I can tell folks that because the American, North American Weimaraners are a little smaller. And my guy was about 75 pounds as well. So I totally get you. But it's really interesting how positive reaffirmations create those sustainable mm. habits and sustainable results. I think it's pretty. Well, I, just one more thing on that note, because I feel like this is something that can go for all of us who are working with people is that I, I don't know if y'all watch Family Guy, but there's a Family Guy episode in which the little baby Stewie is an HR director. And he calls in Brian the dog and he says uh, he's trying to give him sandwich feedback and he goes, something good. And uh, you look like Snoopy and it makes me smile. And then he says the mean, the bad thing. And, you know, so sandwich feedback what is was what I think is the traditional idea of feedback. Like you say something good. Well, Patrick, you've been doing I can tell you're really trying to put in effort. Well, and then the actual feedback, but you suck at all these things. And then but I don't know, you seem like a perfectly good person and sandwich feedback. But the truth is, it's much more like a 10 to 1, 10 bread to 1 meat. And people, we don't know. So it was like we as people are not used to positively affirming people that much. So I think my husband and I try to do that around the house, but I don't know that we would be able to do 10 to 1. So to me, I think that's the, my takeaway from that is notice people doing things right is how you shape behavior. That's how you sculpt it. In dog training, when you're doing clicker training, you can shape, you click when they do something right. And I feel like if you just break down everything you're doing for your clients, I'll forget about that because I'm a, you can tell I'm a fast talker. I'm an East Coast personality. I'm all about efficiency. So I'm like, in this meeting, I'm like, okay, so here's the things we need to work on. Here's the things you need to improve. And so what that made me aware of was I need to say, catch my clients doing things right because it helps them. And even if their love language isn't words of affirmation, it still, it directs them to the things to do more of. Yeah. I think of that in terms of you actually speak and you take action on the things that you want the outcome to be, the illicit intent or desired outcome. And if we just reaffirm, maybe it doesn't always hook. But if we do it enough and the person yeah. picks up that I was successful, they may not care that we like that they were successful, but they feel like they're successful. We both got the illicit intent mm -hmm. after we said or did that thing to get them to that point. And hey, then the company's happy because right. they keep doing it and we keep saying congratulations and they keep saying, I don't care what you say, Pat, you're an idiot, which is fine, by the way. But it is yeah. about that desired result. If you click just right, or if you give them a treat just right, or if you give them a trophy or a prize or a trip to sales club or whatever you want to call it, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. that will get you those sustainable results because they have that year long goal, but they have to get all these little goals to make the big one happen. And, and then they get recognized that way. And they might not care about yeah. the recognition, like you said. They might just go, I want to take my husband or wife, partner, on a trip. And this is one way to do right. it and have someone else pay for it. I'm winning sales club. Let's go. But it, how do they know that they're getting closer to it if they're if you're introducing new behaviors and you need to affirm it? And I'll give you an example is I had I, some of the things that we need to do as consultants is like post on LinkedIn. And for people who are posting like every day on LinkedIn, it's no big deal. But I, I work with a lot of people who have never done that. And it seems really scary. So somebody will post on LinkedIn and then be like, okay, so I posted my things for the day. If I just go, cool, then it's not as affirming if I go, wow, yay, that you were really brave today. I know that was a big deal for you. That took a lot of courage. Then they have that little, and then tomorrow when they go to do it, they're like, I was brave yesterday. They, maybe they didn't even realize that. And then they can do it again the next day. And then the day after that. And so 
if I had just said, well, I didn't really like the content of it, you could have used a call to action here, then it doesn't help as much as if I acknowledge that they did a hard thing. And a lot of my work is just acknowledging in behavior change work. When people change behavior, there is risk in that. So it's, first of all, discomfort that they have to get out of their comfort zone. And then sometimes it's like scary because oh, I'm doing a thing that I haven't done before. And so I think if we can see those and acknowledge those things, then we help people to gradually change behavior by saying, wow, that was scary. So I'll have clients who will uh, email me and go, you would be so proud of me. I didn't. I was brave and I did this. And I want them to send that to me because to me, empowerment, Patrick, is about giving people the skills, but then also supporting them in the execution of those skills. If you just give it to them, it's, well, you know, again, like we said, good luck. But I think as they're learning to in metabolize, as they're integrating those new skills into their lives, that support for them to do it is, to me, that's where their true empowerment comes in. I'm taking, some, uh, I'm taking part of my power and I'm giving it to you. And the power that I'm giving to you is the gift, the skill, and then it's the my belief that you can do this. And I believe in you by supporting you. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that is the, the mental and sometimes physical hug that I like to make sure we get out there. And hopefully, yeah. I mean, with your podcast and with this podcast, and just to make sure we're clear folks, she is the host of a podcast. She is a creator. She is passionate, but you can go check it out on Profitable Joyful Consulting. I'll say that slower because I like to talk fast because I'm excited. Profitable Joyful Consulting Podcast with Samantha Hartley. All right. So that's just about giving and sharing and empowering people all the time. And I think that's what we're here for. And I love this conversation. I love where it's going. I have a feeling we're going to have this conversation in depth again in the future. Hopefully you'll let me tease you on again. But so. Samantha, how's, how do we find you? How do people get in touch with you? And I know we talked about your ideal client, mostly empowering women through your consulting in con consultative businesses and doubling their results mm -hmm. and helping their customers through that, which is awesome. But how does somebody find you? Where's the best place to go? Yep. Thank you for asking. I empower women and as I call them, a few good men, because that cracks me up and is also true. And my website is samanthahartley.com. And for your listeners, if they want to go to samanthahartley.com slash empower, I have a guide there I wrote. It's called the ultimate guide to winning six-figure clients. And it talks about a lot of the things that I've talked about today, which is how to make these transformational engagements. How do you structure them? Why do you do this? And then it actually links to case studies that I did where I talked with Carrie, my client who crossed the million dollar mark and doubled her IT business. And then Cheryl is there, a case study of her where she, again, where she's talking in depth about the, the steps that we took to do that and other concepts. So anyway, that's a, the place to check those out. And so is this for boys and girls or am I allowed to sign it's up? It's for boys and girls. I don't check, I don't check your ID at the door. I, anybody who is really, anybody who wants to empower others is welcome to see the stuff. And Patrick, I think you and I have the same idea. I just feel like I can only work with so many people in, over the course of my career. And, but I love putting these ideas out there because I can impact people that I'll never meet and I'll never know, but it's part of my mission is to make things, I want to make things better for those people and companies. And I want people to feel meaning in their work, whether they're self-employed or whether they choose to be employed, although I can't understand the letter group, but I know there are some of those people out there as a serial entrepreneur. I'm like, why would you do that? But I get it. So anyway, I love to share these ideas and they're some of them are, they seem tangentially related, and yet I managed to bring them into my work, all this habit stuff and the fitness stuff. It's how we, I'm interested in being the best version of myself. It's the army thing of be all you can be. I'm interested in that for myself and for anybody that I can affect. 
Yeah. And hey, on that, we talked about it I, earlier. I had a guest with me in my podcast studio, my son coming to do his work from home, work with dad or mom day, take your kid to work. I couldn't take him anywhere. I was trying to think, should I book some meetings intentionally? But I don't always go anywhere. Do I go to Starbucks and work from Starbucks for a little while? So we got him on, as we talked about earlier, the entrepreneur lifestyle. So we both get this. We're not yeah. normal and it's okay. Consultants, <laughs> you're probably not normal because you're probably an entrepreneur on your own and it's okay to be not normal. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, we had a meeting with an Australian in an Olympic athlete. In fact, Nicholas Timmings, a skeleton guy. We had that meeting. Nolan joined me for the beginning of our podcast together in our pre-ramble and the B-roll stuff. And then he's going to be doing some clipping. In fact, I'm going to go jump onto a technology development product now that I've got to manage for one of the clients I've taken on personally and become operational. It's always nice when you have a passion project needs a client and you get in that. But it's about managing your time and those sustainable habits and keeping things going and yeah. always, you know, moving the needle, which is what you're teaching your clients, men and women. And Samantha, I'm going to be blunt and tell you, you're going to see me sign up sometime in the next couple of days here. And that will be at samanthahartley.com forward slash empower. And you're either going to see Patrick, Pat, or Patty, depending on which one it is. So <laughs> <And> under Patty. <laughs> yeah. So I can slip it in. I'll, I'll, we'll switch, one of our women. I'll swap my D's for T's and you won't know the difference. And anyways, no, we'll have a little fun with that. So folks, please, if you want to grow your business, you want to double down, you want to double the growth. You want to check out revenue changes. You want to create sustainable habits. You want to create sustainable, actionable items within your teams or within yourself. Check out samanthaharley.com forward slash empower and grab that, that document. I mean, that's a case study plus documents and instructions and guides and information that's going to change your world. I haven't seen it yet, but that description was pretty cool and we got to do it. So find samanthahartley.com forward slash empower. Find her on the podcast. Find her on LinkedIn. We talked about that. It's a great place to LinkedIn. grow your business. So Samantha, great. I just, I want to say thank you so much for your time. I want to thank you for just your candor conversation. I love having empowered conversations with great people doing great things to empower others. That girl is you. And I'm so happy to be part of your network. Thank you. Thank you so much, Patrick. It was great to talk with you. And I love meeting Nolan. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you very much. I'll let him know. And folks, anyone that's actually looking to grow their business and continue to grow, check out samanthahartley.com forward slash empower. Yes, it sounds like a little bit of a plug, but also if you're trying to grow and you're not sure where you're going and you need a little direction, you need peer groups, you need guidance, you need people that you can trust in a small, private, trusted circle. I want you to visit empoweredentrepreneur.ca forward slash groups because we actually bring in peer groups of executives and entrepreneurs and action takers like Samantha that can help each other go through the challenges and problems and fast track your results in a very passive, comfortable, curated content way. And that is, again, empoweredentrepreneur.ca, I'm a Canadian, slash groups. And we'll talk about how we can get you in, do a discovery call, a strategy call, and invite you to one of our peer group sessions where you can get 10 brains working on your biggest problems every single month. And there's a whole lot more like our members area and other things like that. But those are things that we like to do. I like to work with lots of people that are empowering others, just like Samantha does on her business. So thank you very much for listening to Empowered Podcast with Patrick McGuire, where I have empowered conversations with great people doing great things to empower others like Samantha. Have yourself a great day, folks. Be empowered. Bluemex Podcast is hosted by Patrick McGuire and does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service.
Empowered Podcast may be compensated by sponsors, products, or services in this show. For more empowered content, subscribe where you get your podcasts and visit bluemex.io to join us on Discord.